It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, Garage Logic gang. It is October 4th, 2019. This best of podcast on a scramble Friday does not earn a number, does not require a number, so it will just be a best of Friday on 10 2019. Uh, Garage Logic, a couple of staff members taking a couple of days off. We're going to talk to Patrick Royce about some breaking news later on with the University of St. Thomas and where they're going to have their new home and uh, a, a not maybe a mini twins yankees preview but uh stick around the best of garage logic this best of joe has referenced many times and i'd just like to let you know that uh it goes way back to 2005 january 24 2005 uh, johnny carson had just died and joe did a little bit of a eulogy to mr carson and uh, also always laid claim that uh if Johnny Carson hadn't been around, uh, we wouldn't be doing we wouldn't be doing radio. So enjoy this tribute to the late great Johnny Carson on this Garage Logic podcast ten four nineteen. And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Suchere. Now, live from St. Paul, the capital city of the state where nothing is allowed, it's the Joe Suchere Show. Good afternoon, lovely day. I believe John Height said what, 34, 35 degrees? My name is Joe Suchere. Good afternoon, which I've said now for the second time. Trying to think of uh, who could die in show business that would have me thinking so much about him or her. Uh, because ever since I heard the word about, I heard the uh, word about Carson yesterday at about two o'clock. Okay. <clears throat> and then uh, CNN went wall to wall, and I've been reading all the tributes, and uh, I think Carson invented whatever it is we do, even us at this level. I think. What do you mean? I think that prior to, I think Carson in uh, invented a new. A form of entertainment in which uh, I don't. I'm, I've been wrestling with it since two o'clock yesterday afternoon. Uh, I think that he he uh, he invented a form of entertainment that did not exist prior to his inventing it, which was uh, I I'm I'm struggling with it. He's self-deprecation. Okay. I think I think he invented making failure funny. Hmm. I think that he <laughs> knew more than uh, anyone that for him to fail, he was able to convert that into success. He could make. He, he invented this. Is this on? <laughs> he invented that, oh. where he made himself mm-hmm. the fool. 
Right. Oh, yes, very much so. And it took someone, maybe like him, a grounded guy from the middle of the country who grew up in a, an apparently normal home whose dad was the uh, the head of Nebraska Power and Light or a, a, a management figure with Nebraska Power and Light and a guy who went off and served in the Navy and, and uh, uh, came back and pursued this uh, career, always in television, which seems to have been designed uh, almost with him in mind. And he, he there was pre-Carson and there's everything that you have now. And he invented whatever this is. He invented it. Okay. I follow what you're saying. We and would We would not be sitting here doing a radio show, even at this local level, if it wasn't, if there hadn't been a Johnny Carson. I'm convinced of that. I never thought about it consciously, but his death has made me realize how much of, uh, how much of what uh, takes place is due to him and how he did it. Not on this show, not only this show, but in everything. I mean, okay. Leno continues to try it, and Letterman continues to try it, and Conan O'Brien tries it. and Arsenio tried it. And hundreds and thousands of radio hosts try it, and everyone tries it. And what they're trying is what Carson invented. <laughs> and, and that's my read on it, my take on it. What, what we're all trying is what he achieved. I don't care who you are, and in, I don't care what medium you're in. I guess I'm not talking about movies. I guess I'm talking about uh, television and radio variety and talking. Okay. I think he invented it. So how do you like them apples? I don't know how you can pay a guy a higher tribute than that. He invent whatever this is, whatever it happens today between three and six. The template for it was Johnny Carson. I never thought about that when we he, went on the air. He couldn't have written a, a car wash. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I know exactly. But he would have appreciated yes. the car, uh, Royce trapped in a car wash. You know. <laughs> I think more than anything, what he did is uh, and, uh, ign- uh, he turned a busted bits and flops and, and jokes that didn't go over, he he made those work by managing to reassure audiences that he was not above them by by scolding them, for example, or saying, why didn't you think that was funny? He would immediately become one with the audience and realize that, oh, was that d- dreadful, right? He, I think yeah, he invented I that. was watching comedy cl- uh, Carson's DVD classics last night. And exactly what you're just, de- I can laugh because what you're describing mm-hmm. is what I saw last night. What was the bit? Well, it was, he did a joke. Was it part of his monologue? Yeah. Uh, one was Margaret, Tha- Margaret Thatcher. She was asked what was her one of her greatest uh, achievements. Deporting Robert Le- uh, Robin Leach. Deporting Robin Leach. And, and you know what the audience did? Flat. Nothing? Not a single. Did he do this? Yes. He pulled the mic down that was above him and he said, he immediately went into a Kmart. A microphone special on aisle seven or came hard a blue light. I mean, then it was it was hilarity, and I would imagine the rest of that show, because you only saw little snippets of it, would have been a great show to be at because he looked at Ed and went, "Uh oh, we're in for a big night here." I think he would have achieved what he achieved had there been six hundred uh, channels of competition. Why? 
because he he was the uh, he had a proprietary uh, vested interest in this thing he invented, whatever name you want to put to it. He invented it, and I don't care if there would have been. Because I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, our ch- our choices were limited, you know, between 1962 and 1992, when Carson was on for 30 years, uh, the choices available were not nearly what they are today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm w- what I'm suggesting is uh, between 1962 and 92, had there been 600 channels of fare to choose from, Carson still would have still would have won because it was Carson who invented what these 600 channels of talk and interview and, and a variety are now doing. He invented it. Why was he so good, though? Because he had humility. Because he was because he was not afraid to make himself the fool. And he put people at ease, I suppose, I at home and on the set. Describe and he was genteel. He was, he was, you know, I mean, by today's standards, my goodness, he was a... A genteel, uh, kind. Uh, he had a rocky life, which he made fun of, mm-hmm. because it was you know, all these women were costing him a fortune. There was a know. kid on the little kid on there last <laughs> night, and he was saying, "I know you're a magician." So Johnny was doing a quarter trick, mm-hmm. you know, making it disappear. And the kid said, "Geez, how do you?" It was a little kid. How do you really make it disappear? And he goes, "You get married." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I, I don't know. It's just I just describe the twenty year absence after though, or the ten year absence. I'm sorry. Uh, why he was just happy and left? I, huh? I, apparently, uh, he was a very private guy. I'm not claiming any special knowledge. No, I know, but I'm. Just uh, but I am the perfect age to uh, comment on having watched him for thirty years. I remember when they moved from New York to L.A. It was a big deal. Mm. They went in 1972. I mean, I I watched it, and uh, now did I watch it because there wasn't anything else, <laughs> or did I watch it? Be- well, I, wa- I I just I watch it because it was just part of American culture. Got to watch Carson before I go to bed. Or you'd have it on, on right. yeah. See who's gonna, who's Carson going to have on? I listened to his monologue. Hey, he was, I just thought he was wonderful, wonderful, very private, aloof uh, uh, guy. Which. I wanted to see more of them. Pounded the palm off. And uh, well, whatever is happening today, he invented it. All right. And all, right. and all of the pretenders don't do it as well as he did it. I, I just don't think anyone has come close to doing it as well as he did it. I don't know how they could. Well, the times demand more of... Uh, the the times demand more of the Lenos and Lettermans. The the uh, competition is harsher. The uh, the the culture is uh, in in a period of decline in, in some aspects, and and they 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 have to walk maybe even finer lines than than Carson did. Carson was alone in the driver's seat. I, I think it was Leno who, or it was either Leno or Letterman who said he was the first gasoline-powered automobile. Everybody just watched him. He got in the thing and drove it away, and he invented it. John? Uh, a flashlight thing. Hail you. Uh, I'm just curious. I did not see much of Jack Parr, but I know he was sort of 
I, in, in what I've seen of him on TV, a lot of people gave him for credit for starting the, the format, and Johnny Carson kind of took it over. I mean, is, do you think he, you know, is due any credit, or do you think Johnny made it different? I think Carson, uh, I, Parr did not invent what Carson invented, and I don't think Parr could have. Parr was a completely different personality. I think he was more insecure he was a highly uh, wrought, overwrought guy. He was very emotional. Carson was this steady as a rock guy that you couldn't. Uh, he was unflappable. Jack Parr was a nervous Nelly. He was a okay, different, well, completely different kind of guy. Now the show itself, the format of a guy walking out, doing a little monologue, sitting behind a desk, and having desks. I guess you could say, yeah, Parr and Steve Allen uh, uh, did that before Carson, but they didn't do what Carson did. Okay, so he had he had a little a little something something. I I think he did, yes. Okay, thanks. Right. Thank you, Barry. Hey, Mr. Mayor, how are you? Good. One thing that I I got to thinking of yesterday is. Um, from my standpoint, I grew up in a colorized Carson in the mid-70s, and it was an opportunity to bring some generations together. You know, I'd heard about the guys like Sinatra and Davis Jr., but when I sat down at about 1040, and I could do this sometimes with my dad, I got to know these guys by what he did. Mm -hmm. And that tended to bring, at least even today, my dad and I can kind of talk about some things that we really didn't have that much in common in the mid-70s. So, and I guess you don't see that today. Mm -hmm. It was a it was a unique thing where generations could kind of come together, and I got to know these guys that my dad knew growing up with them. Very good point. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. What was the uh, when he did the Tea Time movie? What what was his name? Uh, he'd slick his hair with back. the mustache. Yeah, he'd slick his hair back, have the pointer, and and uh, 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 I got to give you these DVDs because yeah, one I, of I them, have to... the mustache falls off, which he would, and he would just it was the, the gal, you know, the, the buxom gal. Oh, what was her name? Yeah, what was her name? Black like this. Yeah, but it was it was hilarity. What and was he would... her name? I can picture her face, but I can't remember. Carol Wayne. Oh, okay. Carol Wayne. Who was just as, as voluptuous, absolutely Rubenesque, spilling out all. I mean, every and, and and just he would do more with just a glance, and then <laughs> yeah. look at the audience, and, and oh, they knew, more than you know. Oh boy, <laughs> and they knew instantly what he was thinking. Because they were all thinking the same thing, and it was not it was not un, it was not untoward. It was it was just it was just. Uh, uh. Mike. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. I uh, hail flashlight. Hail you. Um, I believe it was because he didn't believe he had to be the star, and maybe his humility was such that uh, he was uncomfortable being the star. So. He let the the show and the guests and the the other performers and that shine more than he did. I think and, that's a very good point. And he enjoyed he enjoyed stumbling and tripping and falling and, and because it it made him feel more uh, more comfortable. Made him feel like he was still uh, this kid from Nebraska who got lucky. Right, because he was uncomfortable being the Hollywood personality. Right. So, All right, thank just you. My thoughts. Watch his uh, mannerisms. He was never. Uh, you could never really say he was at ease. 
He, he, no, he know, was always fidgety. He had the tie thing going all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, the uh, pencil. Had the pencil. and uh, <laughs> He had a special coffee cup that Rickles broke or something, didn't he? Uh, that was an ash, I think it was an ashtray. He had the lady on once who, uh, and to show you, boy, there's not much new. Pre-eBay days, he had a lady on who collected potato chips that she thought uh, resembled things. You know, here's one that looks like a dog, and here's one that looks like uh, Mona Lisa, and here... And uh, and haven't we just gone through a spate of these on eBay where these people are auctioning off pieces of toast that look like the Virgin Mary or whatever, all this nonsense? Well, he had this lady on who collected these. Uh, this was her prized potato chip collection. Mm-hmm. And those were some of his best guests were unknowns from the heartland of America. Well, he, of course, prearranged to have a an extra chip out there. Ed distracted him and said, yeah. look at this one, yeah. Johnny. And the lady looked at Ed. Yeah. yeah. And then Carson takes this potato chip and eats it. Well, the poor woman almost had a seizure because he, she thought he was eating one of her prized potato chips. Oh, man. And I've told you this before. He had a guy on, and I know I'm going to forget his name again, but it was one of my favorite guests. He had a guy on for quite a few times who was from Maine but was an advocate of Costa Rica. Okay. This old guy, for some reason, I don't know how the Carson people got wind of him. What was that guy's name? And he had the wonderful Maine accent. But then he would regale Johnny with stories of how cheap it was to live in Costa Rica. And I, I don't know why that was so appealing, but Carson would routinely have him on. We'll be back. All right. We're going to get back to the best of Garage Logic very soon. But right now, I don't know about you, for me it's about lunchtime right now, and I am hungry, and it's the weekend coming up, and the Twins are in the playoffs, and if that doesn't make you hungry, I am about to make you hungry. Suchi Boy is off today, so let me tell you about the wonderful people up at Grunhofer's. Yes, Spencer and his crew, they do a fine job, and of course, you've heard of all the different brat varieties, but what we're featuring right now, that pit-smoked pork brat. Picture that. How about the bacon fireball brat? You like it a little bit hot? Bacon fireball brat. Get up there this weekend. Grill out. I think one of these weekends, one of these weekdays, or uh, Saturday, Sunday, are going to be pretty nice. So you can still grill. You can still grill in the rain. It doesn't matter. You might be having that backyard barbecue, that backyard fire pit. Well, make sure that Grunhoffers and their whole group and all the great products that they have are ready for your backyard fire pit barbecue. Tell them the Rooks sent you. Tell them Suchi sent you. And get one of their Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats, bratwurst. There's 130-plus brat flavors. Bacon cheddar, cranberry wild rice, I've had it. Jalapeno and cheddar, I've had it. How about beef brats? Try the butter and garlic. It is music to your mouth. And if you've never tried a, if you've never ever tried a chicken brat, well, they're fantastic. Chicken brats are going to surprise you. I want you to try them. 
and have somebody else try them. Tell everybody about Grunhoffers. They're on Highway 61 in Hugo. Very easy to find. Even Kenny and Suchi Boy can find it. And their hours, yes, they're open seven days a week. 651-426-2800. If you're thinking about the holidays and want to order that double smoked ham, maybe you want to get a roast, whatever the case may be, pastrami, bacon cut to order, it is Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats. They're right on Highway 61, Forest Boulevard North, technically, and they want you to stop by. I talked about the double smoked ham. Kenny loves that smoked salmon with a couple of triscuits. They're online at GrunhofferMeatMarket.com. Tell them that the rookie sent you Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Now let's get back to the best of Garage Logic. This is from January 24th, 2005. Johnny Carson had just passed away. Let's get back to the show. Before the show's over, the Pat Royce OnStar Car Wash Call. Call your friends, call your family. Oh God! Right at five forty before we go to Pat. How about? Oh, I want it. Uh, I want it again in the four okay. o'clock hour too. I'm sorry. Right. I I need to hear that again. Jeff. Yeah, uh, I'm sitting here and I just keep thinking of all these memories of the Carson show and what I used to love and the, I mean the animal guy, the animals he would have on. Sure. Um, but a question I have for you: I don't remember Carson being anywhere near as political as it seems like the late night folks are. Uh, today, uh, he not only wasn't; he's talked about that and uh, felt that that was never to be his job. He did not want to uh, uh, be political on that show. Excellent. The other thing that I, I noticed is it seemed like when Carson would lean towards the camera, mm-hmm. it was it was a, a conspiracy that you were a part of. Absolutely. And today, when any of the talk show hosts do that, mm-hmm. it's more of a look at me; I'm the best. And it has nothing to do with bringing the audience in like it used to. Uh, boy, I, I, yeah, there's something to what you're saying. I, I agree. Uh, he, he invented it. He, there's no getting around this. He was the guy. You, you just can't beat him. And, and the way he took the things that happened to him in stride, mm-hmm. let the cameras run, and we'll go with it where it goes. Absolutely. Thank it you. Was the top. Thank you. Lisa. Hi, Joe. You have the greatest show on the radio. You just make my day. Thanks. Um, sure, you're welcome. I just was wondering if anyone remembered that um, Johnny hosted the Academy Awards. A number of times. Quite a few years. And I just, you know, I think he was just the best. Mm-hmm. He's better than any that, uh, you know, have hosted in the, you know, just more recently. And I just, he was just such a classy guy. I agree. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, here it is. It's all coming back to me now. <clears throat> it wasn't the coffee cup that Rickles broke. Uh, Craig Lang writes, Rickles broke Carson's cigarette box, okay. which he'd had since the New York days. Carson returned and found this. I remember the episode. Mm-hmm. He went to get a cigarette, and he noticed that the box was broken. Rickles. And Ed, I must have told him. Uh, I think Rickles did that. Ah, <laughs> Rickles, yes. So now, do you remember? Now, do you remember what happened? Or are you too young? No, they went down the hall. Absolutely, right? Carson marched across the hall. <clears throat> excuse me. To where Rickles was filming or uh, taping CPO Sharky, which was Rickles' new TV show, and Rickles was speechless. That that Carson marched in on him. I know after that I don't. Right, it's a, a blur. I have a blur, but it was. I remember it being hilarious, because I remember it being very real. 
I don't think that was planned. Was I can this? still see him, and I think the box fell apart or something. He said, Crumbled what, or what's this? What was this? I think Rickles did that, Johnny. Rickles. Look at Ed serving him up right immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, isn't Rickles? Uh, isn't he filming right now? And off they went. And he went over to confront Mr. Hockey. Park. Fred, get me a camera and a long cord, I'm sure he said. <laughs> Freddie, help me out here. Art. Yes. Hi. Hey, Joe. Hey. Hey, I just wanted to say, I think I got a word for Carson. Mm-hmm. You don't hear it very often, and that's called charisma. Mm-hmm. I think you have a bit of it yourself. Well, uh, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd hold back I'd, on that. I'd, you I'd, don't I'd hold off on that. <laughs> Sparky. Let's keep him humble over here, okay? <laughs> I said a bit of it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Tom. Yeah, Joe. Hi. Before uh, Johnny Carson or Jack Parr or uh, Steve Allen, there was an originator. His name was Jerry Lester. This is 1950. Mm-hmm. And he had a buxom blonde named Dagmar. Do you remember her? No, I'm not that old, Tommy. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember I, I remember these names, but I don't I'd never watched this. Yeah, well, I just gotten a set then. Well, there was a used car dealer that went into the TV business in California, and he got out a cheap set of, of it was a month month TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You remember those? Yep. Did <laughs> you think Carson was the best? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he certainly was. But he wasn't the start of it. But he was the start of what he invented. Yeah. I, I grant you the format existed. But he took the format and he, he turned it into something uh, that we all uh, recognize today. Yeah. It, Everyone had a desk and could come out and do a monologue. He, he was a genius. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. John? Hi. Hi. I'm... Uh... Just wanted to remember a little bit about Johnny, this fellow you just talked to. Uh, X-rayed uh, Dagmar also at the Mayo Clinic, but uh, Johnny came through in the early 70s on his way to California, and he'd come here for a physical. Mm-hmm. So we got him all excited. I got to uh, X-ray him, and we got talking, and he's just cracking jokes left and right. He said to one of the young desk girls, and probably a little 17-year-old farm girl from outside here in southern Minnesota, and he said she doesn't know it, but tonight she and I are going to have a secret wedding over at the Kaler Hotel. Mm-hmm. So we're just having fun left and right, and he got ready to leave, and he said, now I'm going to mention on the first program when I get to L.A. next week about coming through the clinic here and how nice everybody was to me. Mm-hmm. So he did, and we watched, and I listened to it, and uh, sure enough, he said, boy, the way they treated me at that famous clinic, but he said that airport, he said, that's something else. He had to fly out on a feeder airline called Gopher Aviation. Mm-hmm. He said, we took off, and he said, the corn cobs are flying and cow dung, and he said, I'm just lucky to be here. But he said, there were great people back in Rochester. And probably at that point, you didn't find anything wrong on the x-ray. No, he was a beauty. He just... Uh, Nothing but fun. Before you took the ca- the picture of the x-ray, did he tap it and go, is this thing on? Yeah. <laughs> he had everybody laughing okay. for a half hour. Cut to the chase. Uh, was it pretty fun uh, x-raying Dagmar? <laughs> Not as much fun as x-raying uh, Johnny. All right. Thank you. Thank oh, okay. you. We'll be right back.
God, do I have to do everything while Suchi Boy is gone? I'm happy to do this because the last time I was on a bicycle, you know what it was? It was up at Grunhoffers on Highway 61 for a remote, and that's when Tim and his staff from EcoFun Motorsports brought by all of, whoa, well, it was just two bikes, but it was really cool, the fat tire and the regular e-bikes, and you know what? It was a lot of fun. I got to zip around there, see how easy it was. Listen, I'm 52, and I'm 51 years here, and you know what? I can't sit around and pedal for 10 miles. That's why you go with the Bentelli e-bikes. But there's all sorts of other stuff going on as well at EcoFun Motorsports. Wildside old-school motorcycle-looking electric bikes, they're all marked down at $19.99. That's while supplies last, and that's a big discount. Yamaha e-bikes are all $400 to $500 off MSRP, and those Bentelli e-bikes I talked to you about are on sale starting at $7.99 and up. And they just got in the real tree camo fat tire bikes for hunters this fall. Yeah, you want to take a look at those. Check out their website. I'll give you that in a second. But your end sale is going on right now, and it's on all electric bikes. You're getting great deals. It's in a great location. And all you have to do is go up there and tell them the Rook sent you. Maybe your scooter that you have needs a little work like mine does. Well, Tim and his staff will come out, and they will pick up that scooter Bring it to their shop, fix it up nice, and you are sitting pretty. It's just that simple. So check them out. I want you to check out EcoFun Motorsports. And they have got all sorts of interactive social media stuff. They're on Instagram, and I think their Instagram page is absolutely fantastic. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Tell Tim that the Rook sent you, and Suchi Boy, because Suchi Boy was off today. You're going to get a great deal, and you're going to have a lot of fun with EcoFun Motorsports and their year-end sale on all electric bikes. Check out the website, EcoFunMotorsports.com. And don't forget to tell them. That the Rook sent you. Phil? Hey, Joe. Hi. How you doing? Good. Uh, great show, by the way. I thought uh, for sure you might have been thinking of, remember, Jose Jimenez? Oh, yeah, but I'm not thinking of Jose Jimenez. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Uh, she said it was, it was somebody else, but he was a hoot, too. Oh, yeah. Um, one analogy about Johnny that I, I that came to mind was the big guy upstairs was sitting around one day, okay? Mm-hmm. So he took a blender. And he poured a little bit of Jack Power in it, and he poured a little bit of of, of uh, um, Steve Allen in it. Threw in a pack of Palm Oils and, and uh, a bottle of booze. Hit the puree a button a couple of times and poured it in a tall glass and said, "Here's Johnny." <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> you bet. Bruce, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Yes, I agree with the previous callers. I, too, remember Jerry Lester and Dagmar. Dagmar, mm-hmm. you could say, came back as Carol Wayne mm-hmm. in the Tea Time movie. Steve Allen had the over-the-top bits, mm-hmm. which Carson was very capable of. And Jack Parr, I can't say there was a lot of what Parr had because he had very urbane guests. Mm-hmm. So many, and he tended to repeat them more. I remember my dad, I was just getting into this at that age, and getting into high school at that point and starting to get interested in it. He felt that he had the same people, little friends over, and that they didn't appeal, have mass appeal outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. That was it. Carson came on, added the Oshucks personality, honed, as the previous caller said, these various elements from the previous shows, and bang, every, everything hit. The other difference is when he left, he was realizing that demographics were going to hit him. He could bring on an older guest. Groucho was there on his first show. Mm-hmm. Groucho hadn't had a show for a while. Right. Suddenly... He's popular. Hugh Hefner picks up on him, and he's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. But he started back on the Carson show. Jack Benny, 
had had a show and and but got way more exposure on Carson than he ever did in his evening slot. Mm-hmm. Burns, George Burns had come and gone. Many older comedians who had disappeared from the screen or from the radio or you know very public venues had sudden revivals. George Goble, I can think of Jonathan Winters, many and Buddy Hackett. He did many things. Yeah, Buddy Hackett. Shecky Green. I mean, mm-hmm. he may play Vegas, but if you didn't go to Vegas, you didn't see these people. Mm-hmm. They vanished in the black hole of Las Vegas for the for those of us who <laughs> weren't going there. So mm-hmm. I do feel that he, this you can't get as much of on today's evening programs. They have to bring in the new people, the young people, and they cannot bring back some things that have real class to it and that are the predecessors. Would Carson have interviewed... Uh, for example, uh, I know, uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, the the mistress of this fruitcake in Los Angeles that murdered his wife and baby, Scott Peterson. His girlfriend, what's her name? Misty or Crystal or, she writes a book. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. yes. <clears throat> and, my God, people are having her on and interviewing her. Would Carson have had somebody like that on? I don't think there would be a chance. I don't think so either. No, I, I, I well. No, he wouldn't have. There, there's, there's, there wasn't. That's the element of the kind of class that he had. He didn't push it forward. Well, did his talk did, about it? Did his show predate the cult of celebrity that's so insidious in American culture today? His show predated the pushy producer that. The young, up-and-coming producer that said, you've got to do this to make your career. I mean, there's been some radio guys on, nationally syndicated radio guys on, who have interviewed this woman. Somebody help me with her name, please. Kelly, will you get me her name? She wrote a book, and her only claim to fame is that she dated this murderer for five minutes or whatever and gets a book out of it. I wouldn't interview her. No, this kind of stuff has come on, but I don't know if it was he and his producers did they hold the lid on this until he was gone. I mean, was, I think he felt the pressure. He knew, he said in some interviews that I seem to recall that this was coming or that people said that he had said this and, and that was part of the reason that he left. Was mm-hmm. that he knew he couldn't hold it back any longer. And like he said, 30 years, he's making a run. And yeah, he had a good run. Leno and Letterman know that their huge salaries came from his building up first. The chick I'm thinking of is Amber Frey. Yeah, she writes this book, and she's a guest now on shows, you know. And I'm thinking, I don't think Johnny Carson would have would have had Amber Frey on. No, he would he would much rather have, have the lady with the potato chips and the old character actor Burt Mustin, who yes. I've never seen before. All of a sudden, he's on every show as a character actor. He used to be in Dragnets and stuff like that as, as a playing to the old fella, even though he wasn't old, and he played it for about 30 years mm-hmm. until he really did get old. But there were all sorts of people like that that he could bring out, and they were great, and they were cute, or they were funny, or they had these strange hobbies, and yet he could control the situation, and may, and he never he never picked on people. I think that one of the things that bothered me about early Letterman, he's gotten away from this, is that sometimes the jokes weren't on him. They, he was very sharp to somebody mm-hmm. who was of mm-hmm. the middle level that Johnny used to bring up and promote. Mm-hmm. And if you ever made a joke, like I say, it was the potato chip, it was it was a tease. It was never seemed sharp. And I think years ago that bothered me about David Letterman. He seemed to pick on people that were as though they were not his equal. And well, you, 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 do that. You've got me thinking about another aspect of this. 
where the there was another reason everyone watched Carson, and that is because that's where you were going to see newly discovered talent. Now I can't think of a show that you'd turn to today on a nightly basis where you might see new talent being broken in. Yeah, I guess the question is how many times did you see the next Jay Leno or David Letterman? I think with all respect to those guys, what they do is difficult. Uh, I think that I think there are a lot of Jay Leno's and David Letterman's. I and I continue to think that Carson invented that. He invented this whole thing. Post-1962 entertainment, whether it's on TV or radio, talk variety, Carson invented it. Now, how well it's done and how poorly it's done uh, is a different matter. But what, what, but Carson invented this. Well, I certainly say that he has. He, if he didn't invent it, he certainly perfected it well beyond anybody else. He invented... Boy, I'm going to come up with the right phrase because uh, uh, you're right. He didn't invent the format. We've established that. There were predecessors who came out, did a monologue, sat behind a desk, and interviewed guests. He didn't invent that. What? So invents the wrong word. He he did something. I'll get it. Hang in there. I'll get it. I got to run. No, he perfected it. Thanks for the time. You go on to the next. All right. Bucket. Thank you. We'll be right back. Thanks, Uchi Boy. Uh, indeed, we are going to come back. We are going to come back with uh, Patrick James Stephen Royce Sports Insights with uh, some breaking news as far as the University of St. Thomas and their future, and then maybe get a nice little uh, uh, Twins update preview. And they're, of course, playing the uh, New York Yankees tonight out in New York. So uh, we'll be right back with that. Don't go away. You're not really going away either because you're listening to the podcast. Uh, I just want to make a quick mention that Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores for your fall. Yes, they tease me about the mums that you can get. You can get all sorts of great stuff there for the fall. Halloween, headquarters, your lawn bags, all that kind of stuff. And if you have checked in your snowblower there for a tune-up, might be time to call them up and say, hey, I'm going to come and pick that thing up. That's a great service they have. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Now let's get to Patrick Racy. Yes, it is the best of, but of course, he is a staple of Garage Logic. And whenever we need him for sports to discuss what's going on, you're always available. You've never, you've never stiffed us here in Garage Logic, Especially have you? On Friday. <laughs> right. on Friday. Unless I'm on a, since I don't travel anymore, I don't have, I, can, I don't have any airplanes to be on that uh, I can screw up Joe, and I don't have to worry about oatmeal. And stuff like that. Did he book a flight at 4:40? That <laughs> sob. <laughs> I remember I those days. To, uh, when Monday Night Sports Talk uh, returns as a podcast uh, this Monday, we might have to replay Oatmeal uh, Arses uh, as one of our early hits. I think uh, I think it's a must, and you'll find. By the way, yeah, that starts next Monday, and uh, people will find we're going to filter in sports talk over the last several decades. You might hear from Toads. I was just uh, in preparing for this best of Garage Logic, Patrick. I mm-hmm. came across some. Uh, Eighth, ninth, tenth anniversary shows that are on cassette, so we got to kind of sweeten them up a bit. But 
Boy, yeah, we can we can play uh, one or two. we can play a highlight every week. That'd be good. I think that's a good we draw. We don't want to, but uh, Joe wants us to be forward looking. So I think, as I said before, there's going to be a lot of talk about prostates, and bad knees, <laughs> stuff like that. Speaking of which, nursing maybe that's homes. what he's getting checked yeah. out today. We don't we know. Found any nursing homes? <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, it'll be forward looking. I hope we don't want too far for him. Yes. <laughs> What's the forward to uh, P.J. Ricey's uh, 74th birthday coming up on October 17th, as a matter of fact. I can't believe I feel, you're that young. I feel so damn good at 74. It's frightening. There's got to be something going on here pretty soon. Although, uh, my former boss, uh, who was very good to me, or Glenn Trevier at the Star Tribune, mm-hmm. I arranged to meet him at uh, 9 a.m. at a caribou that he likes to go to yeah. on Wednesday. And forgot, and uh, <laughs> on Thursday, and forgot, and I don't think he's ever going to talk to me. <laughs> he, he, he thinks that it's, I don't love him anymore, and it's actually just because I said, let's make it lunch, because you give me some hours to remember I was supposed to do something. Right. You just get up at 7, yes. you read the paper, you kind of figure out what you're going to do that day, you free it up. You know, you, you have a tendency to have your mind wander. You don't do stuff like you're supposed to do. So. Well, if you, if you but start noon, by you know, by by ten, ten thirty in the morning, you say, "Oh, shucks, I'm supposed to be there," and then you get moving around and get ready. But, uh, Once you're done anyway. fantasizing about going to Costco or Sam's Club, and then you go, "Oh yeah, we uh, yeah, I was supposed to have lunch." What uh, I have always tried to pick out the right hours to go to Costco, and I've discovered there are none. So. No, they're always busy. That's a good sign for Costco, anyway. Yes, anyway, anyway. So what a day already for sports. We got our twins. Uh, uh, you know, the twins uh, came out with their twenty-five and five-man roster, and uh, our guy Willie Ostadio did not make it. Uh, they went with the extra infielders. They got thirteen position players, and uh, Martin Perez didn't make it, but Ari Oz is on the list. And uh, one, that's probably one reason why they wanted to add the extra infielder because if if it turns out he's hobbling, then uh, then they, then they need that infielder. So anyway, right. but what a recovery, man! Well, he snapped that ankle. It looked like he might not play till next spring, and now he's uh, and now he's he won't be in the lineup tonight because they have a left-hander starting. But uh, what's the uh, anyway. what's the rule of thumb on that play? Shortstop. No, uh, well, the, 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 in the, in the day, uh, the pitchers were taught to uh, the pitchers were taught to uh, tell you know to call it to say you know not you know. Just I, like heard, I heard Jack Morris say that he used to tackle guys to keep them away from it. You know that when the ball's up in the air, they got to decide who they think's got the best angle, the best shot, especially when a ball's that high. And he should have been saying, you know, Duffy, instead of running away, standing in the middle and then running away, he should have been saying, uh, Ostadio, Ostadio. But the other rule of thumb is which side of the, uh, you know, pitcher's mm. mound is it on? Right. It was on Ostadio's side of the pitcher's mound. So, uh, oh. but those uh, things are always interesting. I always tell a story about the time that one of those dropped in front of the pitcher and Eric Sauter, I was scoring and Craig Cusick. And Eric Soderholm, the first baseman and the third baseman, and I gave Soderholm an error because uh, he kind of reached out and did right. catch it. And after the game, he's 
complaining bitterly that it should have been casting <laughs> two sets there. He wanted, he wanted Mongo to get the air. And Mongo, of course, then came over and threatened to kill him. So uh, <laughs> That's said, old okay. school baseball. I said, okay, you two guys. I said, what, what they really wanted was for me to call it a double because nobody touched the ball. And I said, that ain't a double. That's an air. You guys can flip a coin and decide who gets the air. I don't care, but somebody gets an air. And I think they flipped a coin. They did flip a coin, and I think Satterholm still kept it. But he still complained. But uh, And I bet in retirement, as they review their stats, that one air always just gets them. Gets, gets under their craw. You know, Mongo is no longer with us. He uh, died young. He was uh, a Rosemont baseball coach, and he got cancer and died young. Yeah, I did not know that. Guy. What a great guy. What a great guy he was. I remember once uh, we were down at Danny Thompson, who died really young, of course, because of leukemia when they didn't really know how to treat it. Right. And one of the great guys of all time. And we're down in Comiskey Park. I think it was Comiskey. might have been. Yeah, it was Comiskey Park. And they had signs up on the roof for the very, on top of the roof, for the very few balls that had been hit out of the, Completely out of the ballpark right. in in Comiskey. Yeah. You know, it happened in Detroit a lot in the right field, but not. But Comiskey, there's been very few hit out, and there's like Howard, Frank Howard, and there's three or four signs up there. And I remember Thompson saying, "Music." Before this series is over, there's going to be a sign up there that says Mongo. <laughs> you, know, you know, he was uh, he was with the Twins when Blazing Saddles came out. Right, right. Uh, and everybody, he became he looked like Mongo. He, I can I can picture him in my mind's like eye. Mongo. Yes, yes, he was a great guy. Anyway, Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. We got that, and of course, the other story that just broke is uh, St. Thomas uh, has been. We've been sitting on this one for a while. I think I wonder if if, if uh, uh, the Summit League, which is a non-football league, but it's the league where uh, the four Dakota schools are in, Northern Iowa. Uh, Denver, Western know, Illinois. Southern, yeah, it's a, Denver is kind of the – they don't play football. But it, it's kind of an outlier, and I think is Oral Roberts still in that league? I don't know yes. if they are. But, yep. but, 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 Nebraska, but, Oral Roberts, and yeah. Purdue, Fort Wayne. But it's a pretty good travel league. You know, it's not a uh, – oh, northern – no, I'm wrong. Northern Iowa is in the Missouri Valley. They aren't the southern okay. league. But, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a league that you can handle travel-wise if they would have ended up in some other seat. Now, the, the – Supposedly, they can end up in the Pioneer League in football, which is a non-scholarship Division One, you know, second-level Division One league. Right. But that man, that thing's a train wreck. You're, there's teams all over the country. There's, it's all these old basketball schools that still play football that were made to move up to Division One because they had basketball, but they don't really have much emphasis on football. And uh, so you're going to end up playing San Diego, the Catholic school out in San Diego. Right. There's one in Jacksonville, Florida, in that league. There's about 15 of them, and uh, and uh, that, that's going to be a pain in the. I don't imagine that uh, people are wondering if they don't think they have to build a new football stadium for the crowds they're going to get for the Pioneer League. But uh, well, what is the Summit League? Uh, uh, well, they'd hope to make it by 2021, 22. Even if they're allowed to move up to Division One, though, and and when uh, 
when they when they're thrown out of the MIC, they'll have to sit out of like a three-year probation period. Where even if they're playing in a league, they'll be like they don't they won't count in the standings or something like that. They'll be on a it'll be a temporary. But I think they're going to get the waiver because I think the NCAA looks at Minnesota and says. Why in the hell does a state this big have one division, one school? We got to be the biggest state in the country that only has one division, one school. Yeah. So well, what I think they'll probably get approval. What will this do? I mean, okay, so then when they went to St. John's for football, they had to rent a couple of buses. Now you're talking about flying to San Diego and back and wherever else. Yeah, it's going to be more expensive. There's no doubt. Uh, it's you know, it's going to they're going to oh you're. I don't know what are they. What do you think they spend on athletics over there? A couple. Well, the other thing is rook scholarships. You're going to have 250 athletic scholarships. Wow. But then, then again, they give a lot of need. You know, I mean those. Yes. You know, the, if you you know they give a lot of aid. I can attest that if you're not a car dealer of McMillan, they will. If you're yeah. a Mikulski, you might get a little bit of aid. Well, and the other thing is if you're a you know. Uh, half that football team is probably guys playing a third of the freight, you know, or right. 40%. Or right. Something. So it, it's going to be expensive as hell, but not. Apparently, they, uh, they, they're they all for this. This uh, Julie Sullivan, the president, is from San Diego, that Catholic school out in San Diego. And right. She's, uh, she's all in on this, I guess. And uh, she likes that Pioneer League football because it, it's non-scholarship and it gives the – Gives the attitude of oh, this is all about academics or something. You know, it gives that kind of that pompous right. uh, air to it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I can guarantee them they got two games left with St. John's and then it's over because you're not going to get a Division three team to play a Division, you know, an FCS team. That's right. Not happen. So it's all over. So anyway, that's really sad. It, I mean, that yeah, that whole tradition. Uh, you no, know, they basically the. You know, the league didn't want them, and I'm not sure that they – I'm not sure they're upset, that upset about getting thrown out of the league either. I think they just got sick of the whining. And it's not just athletics, you know. it's The, the, the school has got so many majors now compared to all the other schools in the league, and they're just – you know, they, they they might not fit. The, the, the non-fit might be more academically than it right. is uh, athletically because of the – you know, they started the nursing home program, and St. Kate's got mad at them. Started the law school, and <laughs> right. Hamlin got mad at them. And there's a lot of this is not, you know, non, you know. And you got some schools like, you know, Concordia up there in Moorhead. They got, you know, their big, their big thing up there is music and and things like that. Right. They got, they got 40 percent males now. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, right. Sixty percent women. So even even those schools that have competed against them through the years are now kind of falling by the wayside. So anyway, this, this I guess, is a I'll miss change. I'll miss it, but uh, I'm I'll miss it. But uh, this is the best, uh, probably the best they could hope for. But football is going to be, you know, a non-factor uh, as far as with the public. That's for sure. And you you think even though. Uh, there, there is no possible way they're going to schedule a non-conference game just to continue the Johnny Tommy rivalry no, even every other year. No, St. John's can't. You know, St. John's has, you know, they're just recruiting a different level of kid. You know, right? It's not you, you know you're, you just you can't you can't expect that. This is the FC, F, 
FCS level, you know, right. though it's not because of the non, they, they get a, that league gets a birth in the FCS tournament, the one that North Dakota State wins all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, but they, because of the non-scholarship factor, they usually get their ass kicked, you know. Right, so, right. Bottler and schools like that, Dayton and schools like that. So. Well, good luck I to mean, those the Tommies. I mean, will be fine for them, but uh, just as far as having any rivalries, there won't be any rivalries. So, anyway. That'll be a yeah, big but, change. But the other, the Summit League will be good for basketball. You know, you'll be playing North Dakota State and South Dakota State. And, you know, schools like that. So, so Johnny Tower is happy? I would imagine. I would imagine he better pick up his game, though, man. The, uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to teach more than the Mikulski double pump to win in that league. You know? Well, he's uh, he's talented enough where he can probably do it. So that'll be all right. All right, sir. Monday. Can't wait. Get ready out there in the public. Uh, the return of. Are we talking at Monday Sports Talk or are we still calling it Monday Night Sports Talk, even though we're taping in the middle of the afternoon? I think it's going to be still called Monday Night Sports. I think. I think we should just leave it with sports talk because there were some great Saturday events too. But I think we're oh, we can steal from Saturday. Don't worry, we can steal from Saturday. <laughs> we will. And you know what the excuse is? You got two uh, hosts who are old enough not to remember whether it was Saturday <laughs> or Monday. Anyway, hell, there might be some Sunday in there. You're right. Hey, uh, give me a Twins preview. Uh, did you read Steve Russian's um, SI piece about the curse of the breadstick with Rod Carew? No, I did not. Oh, it, as soon as you hang up, go check it out. I didn't know that. So he talks about Carew, um, somebody going to watch Carew at a, playing a minor league game in New York, and the Twins. Oh, the Yankees. Okay, the, uh, this is how the Twins signed him? Yes. Allegedly? Okay. Yeah, and uh, so they did it quick and a big hush-hush deal. It's a great piece, and I know that Steve is from here, but it was uh, – you know, yeah. I I rarely jump into a whole bunch of sports columns, but somebody brought me to, to it, and uh, it's it's a really fun read. We'll have to oh, check yeah, for accuracy. I heard about it. I hadn't gotten to it yet. I wonder if he's among the guys who got axed at SI. They got they fired half their staff. Uh, oh no! The new the new owners, the SI. Uh, they still do great stuff, but it's. Uh, uh, they got, when they started selling to other owners, you knew they were in trouble. So. Well, we're not cursed. We're going to pull this one mm-hmm. off, right? Well, there's never been a curse. They've always been better. I'm, I don't think this team. I tell you, I would be very confident if uh, Panetta had not screwed him. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. But I got to hope for my guy Randy Dominic if he pitches tomorrow night. So All right. I'm in the process of finishing up a, a thousand-word piece on Randy Dominic right now. Well, let me allow you to continue that, and we'll uh, we'll continue with our scramble on Garage Logic. All right, bud. All righty, see ya. Thanks for checking in, Pat. We'll talk to you later. Pat Royce with the quick hang-up and uh, <laughs> test of garage logic. We'll be back to wrap it up with a scramble. The Sam is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. The music of Count Basie and his great band... Hey now. The man is Joe Suchere. Huh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have a question. You know. 
I don't know whether you're listening to this on Monday or I hope you had a good weekend or you're going to have a good weekend. We are uh, hoping for a Twins win. Monday Night Sports Talk makes its podcast debut next Monday. So check that out. Patrick referenced that. As well as Garage Logic will have a brand new podcast for you on Monday. So stick around. Thank you. GarageLogic.com is your home for all podcasts. Don't forget, there is a brand new Table Talk podcast out, the Rookie's Family podcast. All you have to do is Google Table Talk with Rookie's Family, and you'll be entertained. We'll catch you next time.